Blog Talk Radio. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the Fantasy Football Mastermind Ed. The definitive fantasy football information show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Mazurak, has more than two decades of fantasy football experience, comprehensive fantasy football information, strategy, and trading advice. Fantasy picks to click and flick the latest NFL news and much, much more. Each week during the fantasy football season on Blog Talk Radio. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazarak. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is December 14th. Yes, it's my 30th wedding anniversary. Shout out to the wife, Marcia. <laughs> Can't wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't be who I am without you. So uh, we're going to celebrate a little bit later after the show. Anyway, let's get right to it. Boy, it's like COVID wicking the NFL, and we're here to discuss it. I'm Michael Mesrick, host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found online at ffmastermind.com. And with me once again, my good friend and very experienced fantasy football player and writer, Chris Rito. How are you doing tonight, Chris? Very well, sir. Very well. Happy anniversary to you and Marsha. Although I do not want to blame Marsha for the man that you are today. So I'm not going to let, make her take the blame for that. That's not fair at all <laughs> to that wonderful woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am. I am. <laughs> By far not perfect. Uh, I'm very fortunate. Uh, you know, we, we chose not to have children, but we've got two dogs. We've always had pets, and, and my wife's profession is a pet thing. So, uh, you know, it works out well. Uh, we work, I work out of the house here, uh, football, and do visits with her and such, and, uh, you know, everything has its place and all. Uh, a good week for, for us, uh, for, for Team FF Mastermind. Uh, 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 you and I uh, clinched uh, our division in FanX uh, with a win uh, after a tough couple of weeks where we barely lost a game. But we get a buy this week. Um, uh, also, IEP specialist Steve Yerger for Mastermind and myself uh, in the Half Axe uh, Experts League. This is a dynasty auction IDP league. <laughs> very, very tough and very competitive. Uh, we, we, we won our uh, division with a 11 um, and 3 record, uh, and we're in the, in the playoffs there too. Um, I didn't make the playoffs in FF Webmasters to defend my title, but a little thing called uh, injuries of CMC, uh, Swift, uh, a whole bunch of other injuries. Uh, AJ Brown, of course. Uh, didn't uh, get me there. They got me there. But uh, we had a little bit of Civil War. John Cooney is also on the staff. I played him last week and I had my best week against him. Uh, beat him there, even though it didn't really mean anything. And the big news is that uh, uh, my partner, uh, Dr. Gil Bavar, in the FFPC main event, we won our cha- league championship. Uh, after uh, faltering at the end, we started 9-0, and lost the last three games, slipped to a 3C, but we won. We crushed our last two games, and we're in the championship round with a chance to win 500 k Very excited there. Who knows what's going to happen. Hopefully uh, it's not going to be affected by all this rash of COVID, but who knows. We've got Cooper Cup on that team, and, and uh, you know, OBJ now is on the COVID list, so let's discuss what's going on here. Um, <laughs> It's like 75 player positive tests here in the last two days in the NFL. Some of the big names, uh, Jarvis Landry, uh, the Browns, uh, Austin Hooper, who you and I picked up and started uh, in FanX, along with OBJ, the Rams. Kadarius Toney, who's been injured for the Giants, he's got it. 
even CMC has it, uh, even though he's out for the year. Uh, I think uh, they're saying that a lot of this is uh, uh, people go home to their families, and that's how they get it there. They're not getting it at the facilities. But, uh, you know, I think they're going to have to go into uh, rapid protocols here. The entire Miami Dolphins um, uh, running back core, Gaskin, uh, Philip uh, Lindsay, and uh, Salvin Ahmed have COVID. Uh, we don't know who's going to be playing, who's not going to be playing. Uh, Keenan Allen, uh, fortunately, he had COVID last week. He's been activated, so he's over it. David Johnson, I, I guess maybe he was just a close contact. He was on it and then uh, activated from the COVID list. But uh, if you got OBJ, what do you do, Chris? Uh, I mean, you got to just scan your, your waiver wire and, and pick up who you can, right? Yeah, that's really all you can do. I mean, hopefully most people probably weren't starting OBJ or maybe picked him even up off the waiver wire when, when he was struggling in Cleveland. So maybe he wasn't already a starter for you, but he became one as he started to advance with the Rams. But, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a tough thing because not only are, now, like, as you mentioned, a bunch of you know, front-line regular fantasy starters getting on this list, but you always have to wonder, is it going to happen Thursday, Friday, Saturday, after your weekly maybe free agent acquisition? And the thing that really scares me is that anyone else could be a close contact. You know, you mentioned OBJ has it. What if Cooper Cup? Is declared yep. a close contact on Saturday. Now, I mean, now you're talking anyone that's on any of these teams. You know, what if Nick Chubb goes down with 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 one of these these two other skill players for Cleveland? There is a lot of of really big guns that could get taken out of your lineup at a moment's notice, much more so than by injury uh, ever could uh, right here during your fantasy playoffs. So this is this is where your team depth is challenged. This is why you never. Take a you know you never take a week off in the free agent acquisitions. You never take, miss an opportunity to make even the last guy in your bench a little better. And you should never carry a guy that you're not willing to start. Um, either the the absolute handcuff to a guy like you know a Ernest Johnson to a Nick Chubb for example, or another yep. guy that you could absolutely start. You just you've got to make sure your team depth is good. You don't keep a guy because you like the team he plays for, or you went to you went to your college, or, or you just always have a soft spot for him. This is fantasy football. There's no room for soft spots. You've got to have every spot on your roster being a potential starter on a moment's notice in the age of COVID. That's right. With the extra game, uh, most uh, fantasy regular seasons ended this past week instead of the first round of the playoffs. And also, people need to adjust their roster and be on the lookout and, and check sites like not only our site, but uh, other sites, uh, ESPN and, and CNN and, and, and uh, SI.com and, and such, uh, you know, to, to stay on top of this, cause you, <clears throat> like you said, uh, you never know when uh, your key starter uh, could end, end up going, you know, go, being placed on the COVID list. And I think you said that there's yet to be somebody that was placed on the COVID list then play that week. Is that the case? The, yeah, so far, uh, it's not that they've been placed on the COVID list and not played. Nobody that tested positive early in the okay. week has been cleared by, by the end of the week. So uh, even though if you're vaccinated, you could test positive, still get two more negatives if you're symptom-free and, and in theory be able to play five or six days later, nobody has yet to do that this year from a positive test. So all these people that are testing positive, you can almost guarantee they're going to be out, especially the guys playing Thursday, obviously. Yeah. Okay. Let's uh, let's talk about a couple of uh, breakout situations or, or a couple of key situations here. Rashard Penny, boy, uh, how many chances has he gotten with the Seattle Seahawks? And it seems like he always gets, gets injured. But he was healthy last week, and they said he was going to share carries with Alex Collins, and it was like he shot out of a cannon – uh, you know, he ran for over 130 yards and two scores in that game. So, obviously, if, uh, if, if Rashard Penny's on your lineup, 
I mean, on your freeze, whatever, you got to you got to grab them, right? I mean, uh, I think uh, even Pete Carroll said that he he's earned the right to uh, to get a shot to to lead that uh, backfield, right, Chris? Well, absolutely, and and even if the Rams matchup this week doesn't entice you, I mean, the Bears and the Lions in Week 16 and 17 are two pretty low end run defenses. So if he were to able to you know keep a hold of that job. Um, which basically he's been rumored to have been having since he got into the league a few years ago. He just never put it together or stayed healthy. But if he's actually the starter full-time for that team with the Bears and the Lions and in playoff weeks, he's an absolute must-have on your roster if he's available. Yeah, that's right. Uh, over in Buffalo, uh, they uh, they had an injury uh, that kind of went unreported for a lot of the game, but Emmanuel Sanders went down with a knee injury. He's likely out this week. Gabriel Davis ended up running uh, routes on like more than 80% of the passing plays uh, for the Bills. So uh, Gabriel Davis is out there. Uh, Chris, what do you think? Uh, is that, that, that a good pickup? Oh, he's absolutely a good pickup. Um, they've got some good matchups coming up. Uh, and, in, in, again, the fantasy playoffs. But really, this is not news. This is not news that Gabriel Davis is outperforming Emmanuel Sanders. And it's not just the injury. If you look over the last five weeks, he's, he's more, basically doubled him in fantasy points. He scored a couple touchdowns. Sanders has none. Uh, more catches, more targets. And really, he's been doing it on a fraction of the snaps. And if you look at the snap counts, um, he's, he's getting about two-thirds of the snaps Sanders has over those five weeks. But he's, but he's far out producing him statistically. He's getting more targets and, like I said, more receptions. His actual efficiency, his points per 100 snaps, if you will, uh, exceeds everyone on the team that's a receiver, including Stephon Diggs. So uh, the fact that he might potentially now fall into a couple more targets and, and a few more snaps a game means that he could, in theory, at his same efficiency rate, start to put up numbers rivaling Stephon Diggs. And it's not that he will, but he's not going to see top coverage either like Diggs will. He's going to see, at best, the second coverage, maybe the third coverage with Cole Beasley and Dawson Knox on the field at the same time. So Davis could be in line for some real uh, fantasy impact play during your playoffs. All right, so grab Gabriel Davis if you can out there. Let's go over the list of injuries. There's, it's a, a little bit longer than expected, but I think it's important that we go over most of these things. Uh, Josh Allen with uh, the foot. He was in a uh, walking boot after the uh, game. They call it a, a light foot sprain, and they, they say he's day-to-day, but uh, they, uh, just literally before we went to air here, they just showed a picture of him at the uh, – it was at a ballet or some uh, maybe the Nutcracker or whatever. He, he was out, and he did not have a walking boot on, and he was walking normally, so that's good uh, news for – people got to take – take pictures of uh, these athletes, you know, that are injured and all. That's uh, You keep an eye on Josh Allen, but I think you're going to be okay there. Lamar Jackson, uh, this is a good chance that he'll play on. His ankle uh, sprain, we'll see. It's not supposedly a high ankle sprain. Aaron Rodgers still managing that toe, kind of had a setback, but he's going to play through it. They, he can numb a little bit of it, but, they, you know, he needs to feel it in order to to, uh, to pass and then, to, to you know, to, to feel how he can follow through and such. So that's that's important there, but so far okay. Taylor Henneke had a uh, – MRI on his knee, that's still pending, uh, but they think he should play there. Daniel Jones, forget it. Nick, uh, he's not cleared to play. I'm not sure if we'll see him again this year, and that, that's also interesting because, you know, who knows, the Giants might end up trading for like somebody like Russell Wilson in the offseason, and during Daniel Jones' career in New York might be over. I'm not sure he's done enough to, to show that he's actually can and can bring a championship to New York. I don't, I don't think he has, but, you know, as a Giants fan, we'll see. Austin Eckler with the ankle. He's limited in practice Tuesday. That's an uh, that's an upgrade uh, for Thursday's game. So it looks like he'll be able to play. Keep an eye on that. DeAndre Swift. They're hopeful uh, in in Detroit that with his shoulder injury he'll be able to play this week. We'll see. Elijah Mitchell coming off the concussion and the knee didn't play. We'll see if he he, he can practice. Melvin Gordon. 
suffered a thumb injury uh, during early th- Thursday and last. I'm sorry, on Sunday's game, uh, he came right back in, played the whole the rest of the game. He's he's good to go. Daryl Henderson, not only the thigh injury, but it was placed on the COVID list, and that was last week. So we'll see if he can. Uh, uh, come back from that list, and if he can play otherwise, it'll continue to be Sony Michelle the last two games here. Uh, Damian Harris uh, with a hamstring, he was limited on Tuesday. That's a Patriot way, so they're all limited in practice. I think he's good to go probably. Kareem Hunt with the ankles now considered week-to-week, which means he's not going to play. That means Nick Chubb, like you said, lined up for a big game against the Raiders, and Darnus Johnson has fancy value, people. Keep an eye on that. Uh, Tony Pollard, a foot injury, a plantar fasciae. Uh, uh, the Cowboys think that he's got a better shot to play this week. We'll see if he can practice at all. Rex Burkhead with the groin in Houston. I only mention that because it's volume, uh, and Houston actually doesn't have that bad of a matchup. Uh, they play uh, uh, Jacksonville this week, so if Burkhead can start, you know, he's fantasy viable there. D.G. Moore, the hamstring uh, down in Carolina's day-to-day. Adam Thielen, high ankle sprain. We'll see. Uh, he needs to practice on it. Terry McCorn with a concussion. Boy, he's kind of wiped out his fantasy uh, value the last couple of weeks here. Very tough there. We'll see if he can come back. Mike Williams with the heel, eliminated on Tuesday. Looks like he'll be able to play. Uh, Will Fuller, if anyone's holding on to him, you can probably get rid of him because he's likely out again that finger. I don't think he can catch a ball with that finger, a broken finger and such. Uh, Darren Waller uh, for the Raiders with a knee in the back. He's progressing. He's running in a pool and all, but he's not yet practicing. We'll see if he can get on the field, but it's kind of iffy for this week. T.J. Hawkinson uh, in Detroit, like DeAndre Swift, his hand, they're hopeful he plays this week. We'll see. Jared Cook with a quag was limited in Tuesday's practice. Looks like he will be able to play on Thursday, and we'll be right back after this important message. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with the assistance of the premier fantasy football information source, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com, there's plenty of good free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. President CEO Michael Nazarek has 20 years' experience and just completed his fourth consecutive year as SI's Expert League Super Bowl champ. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy content, updated daily, which will give you the edge you need to legitimately claim... Redrafter, Dynasty, Keeper, Auction, Salary Cap, IDP, they cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go now to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. Okay, please check out our website, ffmastermind.com. Lots of good stuff on there, including scouting reports from uh, Chris Rito on the, on the Colts and other uh, scouts on our site. Uh, also, our NFL uh, Quick Bits page is updated with news uh, every single day during the season. And even in the offseason, all the injury information goes free there, so lots of stuff to check out, and even in the middle of February. Uh, of course, we're still uh, producing weekly in-season fantasy newsletters. Our late-season sales, nine ninety-five, the price of a of a medium pizza, uh, you can check out the market, uh, which is the meat and potatoes of our newsletter from week 10 and week 3, as well as Inside Slant from week 4. It's 9.95 people, so you can uh, contribute uh, for to our hard work. Try us out for the rest of the season. Hopefully, we can win you a championship. And if you like what you see, you can renew for next year at a special rock bottom discount. It's about a third of the price, uh, a third of the price discount, two thirds of a price from uh, the regular sale, uh, regular uh, price during the summer. And please follow uh, me on Twitter at FFMastermind. Let's get right to this week's picks to click and flick off your starting lineup. Give me a couple quarterbacks you like this week, uh, Chris, and why. Uh, I'm going to start with Tua. I mean, normally you just run on the Jets and call it a day, but the Dolphins' running back room has been just racked by COVID. Like you mentioned, they're all, they're all on the list, so they're really shorthanded here. I can see them using a short passing game and Tua on RPOs 
in lieu of a rushing attack. So he should volume his way into some good numbers. And it's not like the Jets' pass defense is any good either, so I think he should be safe there. Now, he did miss both Jets games as a rookie last year, but Fitzmagic threw for three touchdowns in each game against them, and this year's defense is actually worse. So I think Tua is going to have a pretty good day with, with some good volume. And then his longtime teammate, Jalen Hurts. Um, so you have a terrible game, and then you miss one because you're injured, and then you have a bye. So there's really no better way to get back into the groove of things than being a fantasy quarterback number one than a home game against the Washington football team. Nobody's allowed more passing touchdowns, and only two teams have allowed more rushing yards to quarterbacks. So Hertz could play poorly and still fall his way into a top-seven fantasy day. So I have no worries about playing him if, if you usually do. I mean, if Cam Newton can score 28 points in his first start a few weeks back against this team, Hertz should be just fine. There you go. All right, I agree. All right, a couple of guys I like this week, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, well, they're playing the Falcons, and the Falcons are terrible at stopping the quarterback for fantasy in 2021. Uh, Garoppolo's uh, playing very well. Uh, Elijah Mitchell's still hurt. They're going to run on the Falcons, of course, but, you know, it could be just Jeff Wilson. And, of course, jo- uh, George Kittle. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we've got him in the FFPC main event. He's been a monster. 35, 40-point games the last couple of weeks. I'm not sure if he's going to do that this week. Might not need him that much. But uh, Garoppolo's going to have a good game, so start him if you need him. Uh, Big Ben, believe it or not, uh, you know, he's having some success here in the recent weeks, uh, having a throw. And, of course, after a terrible first half against the Vikings on Thursday night, came out uh, throwing and gunning, uh, slinging in the second half, and uh, almost came back and brought the team back and uh, put up a good uh, good night. Well, they're playing a, uh, the, the Titans, and the Titans' uh, secondary can be beaten. I think Big Ben has a good game there, so if you need him, start him. Uh, a couple of guys I'm concerned about, Carson Wentz coming off the bye. They play the Patriots. I know the Patriots are going to gear up to Jonathan Taylor and all, but still, you know, they're very, very tough. Their secondary is very good at stopping the pass and the run. Uh, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game here. So, um, you know, if you need production for your quarterback, uh, obviously for fantasy, you probably want to avoid Carson Wentz in this game. Joe Burrow is my caution play. Uh, Broncos are playing the t- uh, quarterback very tough. Burrow's getting off the slow starts in these games. Uh, very struggled, uh, barely uh, brought the team back and, and forced overtime against the 49ers at home. Uh, this is playing in Denver, so uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, just be careful about Joe Burrow this week. If you got a little bit better option, you know, go with it. Uh, take that into consideration. All right, Chris, how about you? A couple of quarterbacks you're not crazy about and why? Start with Russell Wilson. Uh, the Rams are obviously a tough matchup, but they're especially tough on Wilson. He's averaged only 16 fantasy points per game in his last four contests versus the Rams, although admittedly the last one was cut short by injury to his finger there. And he has only two touchdowns and four interceptions in his last four games combined. It's only averaging 222 yards per game. The Seahawks also haven't topped 20 points in any of those four games, so this looks likely to be another poor outing as only one of these teams has something to play for, and it's not Seattle. Uh, and then my caution play for the week is Josh Allen. I, I know you mentioned earlier about him being out at the, the nutcracker, but I'm not convinced this foot injury is not a little more serious than the Bills are letting on. In the very least, I think it could limit his ability to get out and run as much as usual. So a pocket Allen against a very good pass defense sounds at, like at least a caution play and maybe even a bench possibility if you have another borderline stud with a good matchup, like maybe a Jalen Hurts or, or a Kirk Cousins. I think it's worth noting, though, that Allen has only played against three top 20 defenses this season and averaged under 18 points per game against them. He's averaging 31 points per game against the other ones. He's played a bunch of bottom feeders this year. So he may be a little more matchup dependent than a lot of people think. Okay. Uh, by the way, Josh Allen went to go see Hamilton tonight. <laughs> I'm looking at the picture here. Uh, it was uh, retweeted by Ian Rappaport, NFL.com. But, yeah, your point well taken there. How about uh, running backs, a couple of guys you like this week and why? 
A couple of second-year guys. I'm going to start with a sketchy one, James Robinson. I know this one involves a little bit of a deep breath and a strong stomach after his recent performances, but there are several things heading in Robinson's favor. First and foremost is the last-ranked Texans run defense, which has allowed the most yards, the second-most touchdowns to running backs on the ground. I mean, if Seattle, Tennessee, and New Jersey, or excuse me, the New York Jets in Jersey can all top 100 yards on the ground in the last four weeks, then anybody can. Secondly, when the franchise quarterback says publicly that James Robinson needs to be on the field, that has got to carry some weight. It's not with Urban Meyer, at least with Urban Meyer's bosses. And if Urban screws this up, it's time to cut James Robinson with tough matchups in the playoffs after this week. Um, and I like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. The Chargers have been up and down the last month, but overall they've been fairly generous against the run. And CEH has been solid in his return from injury. And he's really only had low volume because his team has blown out opponents in, in all three of these games and he got rested. This week should be a closer game and should keep him on the field. And he's had some good games in his young career against the Chargers with his first 100-yard rushing game earlier this year and a career-high six receptions in one of the two games in his early in his rookie season. I think this is a good chance to give him some volume and effectiveness with a real good chance at a score. Okay, a couple of running backs I like this week. Uh, uh, Chase Edmonds uh, for Arizona now. He didn't play on Monday night coming off the IR. Well, James Conner has an ankle injury. Uh, they went for an MRI there. Uh, he's kind of just beat up uh, but from all that heavy usage since uh, Edmonds was on IR. They expect Edmonds to come back, and, of course, they're playing the Lions this week. So if you got Chase Edmonds and they're activating him, then go ahead and plug him in your lineup. There's no concern there. And, of course, I already mentioned this Nick Chubb. Uh, huge game is coming against the Raiders. He's going to see probably 80-plus percent of the, of the rushing and uh, maybe even catch some passes in that game, probably score at least once, maybe even twice. So, uh, you know, you're going to plug and play, but expect a good game there. Uh, guys, I'm concerned about this week. Miles Sanders uh, coming off the bye. A football team going to limit him. Uh, I, they play the run pretty good. And also he's in an RBBC, so they're going to be rotating in Boston Scott. And I think Jordan Howard's going be healthy too so it might be a three-man rbbc here so uh, temper your expectations on miles sanders there also aj jellin uh, simply put he's not getting those big splash plays that aaron jones is getting and they're playing the ravens and the ravens doesn't allow don't allow much to uh especially against big uh bulky guys like that uh so uh you sometimes you play him kind of like uh you know as a flex option like uh tony pollard uh, and especially uh, A.J. Dillon when Aaron Jones was, health, was injured, but he's healthy now, so kind of lower his value there. I'm concerned about that. How about you, Chris? A couple of running backs you're concerned about this week and why? A couple of guys you're probably not benching, but I do have some concerns about them. Uh, I'll start with Leonard Fournette. I know he's been the hottest running back in fantasy the last three weeks, but be prepared for a little bit more disappointing numbers in the playoffs here. Uh, New Orleans has been the best in the NFL at limiting fantasy production of the running back and actually shut down Lenny himself when they met in week eight to the tune of eight carries for 26 yards. You can't even count on touchdowns because they've allowed the second fewest or running back receptions as they've allowed the third fewest. I mean, you're probably starting him based on his heat index, but I have my doubts that Brady won't just bomb away at a weak New Orleans pass defense instead of handing the ball off. And then for a similar reason, uh, Aaron Jones. Um, He had a great stat line with a few splash plays, like you said last week, but it's hard to overlook that he's coming off a bye and an injury and still only had eight touches Uh, with even a, uh, even with a bigger portion of the running back pie this week in Green Bay, the Ravens' run defense, like you said, is still pretty good, and A.A. Rod could just take aim at the weekend secondary, just like I mentioned for Brady. Much like Fournette, this should be a low-volume game with a stud quarterback teeing off, and Jones does not have health, heat, or a usage share in his corner like Lenny Fournette does. Okay. How about uh, a couple of wide receivers you like and why? Uh, if I told you to start Keenan Allen, you'd say I was dumb to list him as a click. Of course you're starting. Same for Devontae Adams, right? 
But if I had a wide receiver with virtually identical season-long numbers to Keenan Allen and identical numbers to Devontae Adams in the last three weeks and that was coming off a bye and facing the Jets secondary, that, my friends, is Jalen Waddle. as the rookie has three straight games with at least eight catches and nine targets. Also, Jalen Waddle is primed to be a top end, I think, PPR wide receiver one this week. And then uh, Darnell Mooney, I like. I know last week usage low was, I think, a little bit of a blip because of the big plays, you know, the long punt return, the long catch by Jakeem Grant. They just kept the offense off the field. They only ran 56 plays. So who has allowed the most fantasy points to receivers? The Vikings. Who gives up deep balls like Oprah giving out cars? The Vikings. Who has allowed rushing yards to wide receivers in nearly every game this year? The Vikings. This could be a high-scoring game, and I want a part of it with Darnell Mooney. Okay. A couple of wide receivers I like this week. Uh, well, uh, my Giants are playing the Cowboys. Uh, of course, everyone's going to start Amari Cooper and uh, C.D. Lamb, but I think Michael Gallup's going to catch a long one for a score here. So I think uh, if you got him, don't be afraid to start him for a flex as a flex option here. Also, Chase Claypool for Pittsburgh. I think he's going to produce well against the Titans. Uh, obviously, Deontay Johnson's a must-start there, but usually when the passing game gets going and all, Claypool gets his looks and his targets, and I think he's going to score in this one, so I uh, like him for this week. A couple guys I'm concerned about, well, uh, Terry McLaurin. Concussion plus Eagles, Eagles tough secondary, that's a caution play. You've got to make sure he's healthy first. Uh, you know, so if you own McLaurin, I'd be looking right now at a, another option because I'm not even sure he's going to play this week. And then, of course, there's Jalen Guyton, everyone's last uh, darling free agent pickup, and he had a score last week, right? Yay! Well, unfortunately, Keenan Allen's coming back. Mike Williams played in that game. He's healthy. So uh, Jalen is relegated back to number three wide receiver duty, sharing him with Josh Palmer. Palmer, So, uh, you know, back to the bench you go, and uh, back to my fantasy bench, too, for uh, Jalen Guyton. How about you, Chris? A couple of wide receivers you're not crazy about, and why? Uh, caution play here is Michael Pittman. I'm, I've been really nervous that Frank Reich has been talking all week here about how unselfish Pittman is and how they're focused on and very comfortable spreading the ball around and not focusing on one guy. Now, New England has a strong pass defense that takes out your best, or in this case, only wide receiver option. They've only given up one wide receiver to go over 50 yards since week six during the seven-game winning streak. And you couple that in a game in which possessions and scores could be at a premium, this looks like a really good chance at low-volume games across the board. You know, Pittman's not scored since week nine, and he's been PPR wide receiver 37 over that time, 32nd in targets, 39th in receptions. So he's not even start-worthy in 12-team leagues. When that start three wide receivers. Really nervous about him getting off this week. And then Robbie Anderson. I know people are going to see DJ Moore being gimpy and Anderson having a huge target total last week. They're going to get excited that maybe he's finally panning out. But these same people should also notice that the Bills allow the fewest points per game to receivers, the fewest touchdowns to receivers, and among the fewest receptions. And with the quagmire that the Carolina quarterback rotation has become, it's hard to start any wide receiver against this pass defense especially with their run defense suddenly being pathetic and a target for opposing teams. I don't think Carolina's going to throw the ball much. Yeah, I agree with you there. Uh, okay, how about a couple of tight ends you like and why? Love Ricky Seals-Jones this week. He's been a solid part of the receiving target tree whenever Logan Thomas has been out. He was third in targets last week, despite barely being available off of an injury himself. Uh, he's healthier now. He faces a team that has been crushed by the tight end all season. They're allowing a league high in all receiving categories for the tight end and an astonishing 18.5 points per game to the position. That's amazing. Seals-Jones could actually be a league winner in waiver wire pickups because he faces Philly twice in the next three weeks. And then I like Hunter Henry this week. Uh, the Patriots will exploit your weaknesses, and the Colts have shown that they will allow a lot of receptions to the tight end, second only to the Eagles in receptions and allowing as many 
as the Eagles to the tight end. They've allowed some very big PPR games to the position, even to weak tight end options like those of the Jags and the Texans uh, and teams like that. Uh, Henry's also fared well against Indy. He dropped five for 72 against them as a rookie, and he had four for 60 in less than a half the last time they met before breaking his leg, if I remember correctly. So I think Hunter Henry's going to go off this week. Okay. A couple of tight ends I like this week. Uh, well, uh, you own Travis Kelsey like I do in the Dynasty. You're not happy right now, but I think he's going to rebound and have a good game against the Chargers. Normally he does very well against them, and I know that they're going to look to get him back involved because everyone's taking notice that uh, Kelsey is just not himself. Uh, there's nothing wrong with him. I know he, he had a neck injury stinger earlier in the year and all, but I think they're going to get him going this week. So obviously if you own him, now is not the week to sit him especially as you're starting your playoffs there. If he goes off, you're going to be upset. Tyler Higby, uh, I think he's coming he's, – well, he had a false positive on the COVID, so they've activated him. He's going to play, and I think he's going to score on the Seahawks. Team has given up eight tight end scores in 2021, and I think it's Higby's time to hit the end zone there. So if you need him, start him. A couple guys I'm concerned about, uh, T.J. Hawkinson with that hand injury and a tough Cardinals uh, tight end defense, uh, barely allowed any scores at all to the tight ends. Caution play for me. Uh, he's really going to have to get upgraded on the practice field and, and be off that injury report before I, I think about uh, playing him. And Jack Doyle, uh, the Patriots just also play the tight end very tough. Uh, I would just avoid all the receivers for the Colts this week. It's just going to be a low-scoring game. How about you, Chris? A couple of tight ends you're not crazy about, and why? Uh, Tyler Conklin. I mean, he had a run with good matchups, but it's over. He faces the Bears, who have been pretty decent against the tight end this year. He's been under six PPR points per game three of his last four weeks, and the one that he wasn't was that loss to the Lions. You can always throw out a loss to a Lions as a total aberration in the universe. Um, this game should be a run fest for Minnesota. He's, he's only been PPR tight end 29 the last month with the Lions game and a Thielen injury in there to boost his numbers. So, so surely you can do better than Tyler Conklin. And then C.J. Uzoma, um, he's produced far too little and is too touchdown dependent to be counted on in PPR. He's posted single-digit PPR total seven straight weeks with no scores. You combine this with the Denver defense that has allowed a league-low one tight end touchdown all season, and this just does not look like the week that Uzoma is going to rekindle some of that early season fantasy magic. Okay, one-hand wonders at kicker and defense. Hit me with them. Uh, kickers, the elements are a big factor in streaming kickers in December, and there are only two indoor games this week, so you got to look a little more carefully. A guy that's probably on your waiver wire is Eddie Pinheiro for the Jets. He's playing at Miami, one of the few kickers in good weather or indoors, and he's also facing a team that gives up the third most field goal attempts. And then Taimi Fairbairn, he's a good kicker on a bad team, but he's facing the worst team that allows the third most kicker points, and it's in Florida, so again, it's probably going to be decent weather, at least not snowy and cold. A couple of defenses I like, and, and there's, there's not a lot to pick from this week because of the matchups, but I do like Cleveland uh, playing at home against Vegas. They've got too much talent, and Vegas has been reeling. Uh, plus, the Cleveland weather for a desert team certainly couldn't hurt. Uh, and then I like San Francisco at home against Atlanta. you got a West Coast home team versus a team on a very long road trip diagonal across the country. Plus, they've been the top five over the last month in scoring while the Falcons have been generous. So that's probably a good, uh, a good combination there. I agree with you about the 49ers. They're our team in the FFPC main event and uh, got uh, almost uh, double-digit points last week, helped us win and crush our opponent. Anyway, we want to thank everyone for joining us. For Chris Rito, this is Mike Nazarek. We'll see you all next week when we preview week 16 of the NFL season in our penultimate episode. That means two episodes left, people. The, ne- the next one is the second to the last one, so you don't want to miss it. Good night and good luck to everyone playing this week. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Nazarek.
the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time on Blog Talk Radio. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second.